Welcome back to a Clinch Fight podcast. I'm your host, Michael O'Donnell, and delighted to be joined by my co-host, Mr. Josh Hurst. Josh, how are we doing? Yeah, all good, all good. So happy to be back. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has. It's been too long. Um, Fortunately, we've just been buried in work. This isn't our full-time job, and unfortunately, we have other commitments. But (laughs) it's good to be talking about the sport that we love once again. And to be fair, quite a lot's happened as well, so and definitely enough to talk about. Definitely. This, a lot has happened over the last couple of months. But before we go on to that, I want to give a shout-out to Manscaped, okay? We can give you 20% off all Manscaped products using the code CLINCH. If you want to use the best items that can safely trim those cherries downstairs, <laughs> look no further than Manscaped. Trust me, your balls will thank you. I get a better pitch than that, fair play. But yeah, yeah, all the all the information will be in the description. Yeah, check them out, guys. Seriously, they're really good products, honestly. Anyway, so we're gonna without further ado, we're gonna move on to our first boxing topic. I want to talk a bit about Javonta Davis to start off, Josh. He had a really well, he's in a very competitive fight against Mario Barrios. He got the eleventh round TKO. What were your thoughts on uh, Javonta Davis, Josh? Yeah, good. Um, I think just the fight generally, when I first heard about him going up to 140, I did kind of think, why? Um, but yeah, like you said, it was quite a competitive fight. I, I imagine they would have cherry-picked someone, just sort of blow him out the water and look like he can bang up whatever weight. But uh, uh, Barrios came and gave him a good fight. Um, I think so much so on the unofficial cards, they, they had him up by like the eighth or something like that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, obviously, like you said, uh, Davis came in when he turned up the heat, just, just knocked him the fuck out, didn't he? So yeah, um, fair play to fair play to Tank. He might have looked a bit, maybe a bit more competitive than it needed to be, but again, you can't argue that the power he has and at, at that weight as well, mm. it's un- undeniable. So you know, he's a he's a fan favorite. He's just one of those people you want to see in fights. So I think either way is good for him, and I suppose it's uh, another big win and. A, a technically a title for him to start his collection. How, how, what do you think? Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think the unofficial scorecards had Barrios up, but I think that's all afterwards. The official cards had Davis up, didn't they? Yeah. And I, I mean, it, 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 it makes sense considering that Davis did get a couple of knockdowns, didn't he, prior to the uh, TKO. But I thought really Barrios was nicking the runs in terms of when it was when it was still standing. I thought Barrios was just nicking it. I thought he was using his uh, height and reach quite well, and he was a decent opponent to be yeah, fair. He, like he, very like technical box could just stick to his job and really tidy work so he he, he was he was uh good to be honest it's, it's nice to see a, a challenge but I, I did i did see that as well with the cards and you know it does kind of make you think about the a side b side sort of thing with the judges but um yeah some of the cards i saw i think i saw some with with tank good couple rounds up and i thought i thought that's a bit you know for, for showtime to have an unofficial card with someone who's supposed to be his promoter um or like you know that the the media for him to have him down i don't know it, it just seemed a bit strange but it, it's almost like it doesn't matter anyway if he, he, when he wanted to he, he turned it up and knocked him out so that's it yeah and i think i think that's what kind of separates davis from a lot of the um, his top challenges out there which we'll talk about later on the episode i think he does have that equalizer davis in in both hands doesn't he and 
he he's very powerfully built. He ta- he takes his power up to the higher weights. And personally, I thought uh, super lightweight was a bit too big for him at first mm. because due to him really campaigning the featherweight and super featherweight and so on. But um, yeah, fair play. He, he's proven against bigger men, he can take them out as well. And it'd be really yeah. interesting further down the line if he ever gets in with the likes of Josh Taylor or, um, you know, um, Regis Progre or Ramirez's, you never know, you know. Yeah, I, I think it I think it does depend on what kind of opposition he's against because I think that was my biggest, uh, you know, sort of unsurety when he sort of went up. I was thinking, you know, he's known for his power, isn't he? At that way, but he, it's weird with him because he's, he's short as it is, but he's, you can tell he's just naturally, he's like a pit bull, isn't he? He's just short and stocky. Yeah. That's why he's called Tank, isn't it? So I did think at that weight, you know, you probably get, you probably get some lanky fuckers or like some really people really boil down to, to that weight. So I thought there'd be a really big discrepancy, but yeah, he, he, he knocked him about. So whether he could do that to someone at the top of the tree there, like Taylor, I'm not sure about that, but you can't, you can't deny that that power is there. And if he's able to take it up by two, two weight divisions, fair play to him. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the reason why we love watching Javante Davis, because he can take guys out at any time. Like he's a ferocious puncher. And I think that's why he's so popular in America because you give him you give him all these different challenges, and nine times out of ten he just takes you he takes the guy out, doesn't he? And that's why yeah. people are buying into that. People love knockouts into the day, and that's what Javonta yeah. Davis brings. Whether or not you know, I don't think he's really fought the elite at the moment, mm. even though he is a free weight world champion, which we're <laughs> going to come on into a minute. Uh, I yeah, I mean, even though he hasn't really fought the A-list, you know, the cream of the crop to date yet. He yeah. is knocking guys out. He's doing everything being asked of him so far. And we, you can't ask much more than that, can you? Yeah, I think I think going back to what you said, uh, what sort of sets him apart, I think one of the, the best things about Davis is that when he's, I don't know, he's, he just seems like he's a he's a bit of a bastard as well. Like he, he when he smells blood, he literally looks like he, he loves it. Like, I don't know. He just seems like he loves violence. Oh. So he's I think that's cold, why, man. He's cold. Yeah, trust me. That's why. That's why I think the fans get behind him. So people want to see him in these fights because he's literally going out there to try and try and batter someone. Like I said, it seemed like he flicked the switch, and then that was it. And he's like, "Okay, I'm going to finish you now." And then the way he done it was crazy. Oh no, hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. I think he's. That's why people love him. He's a killer, isn't he? And mm. once he has you hurt. He's taking you out. He's looking for blood. And that's what people want to see at the end of the day. So now, Davis claims now to be a free weight world champion. Two of those belts he holds have, have been regular belts. I think one was at lightweight and the other one is at super lightweight. They're two regulars. He does hold, a le- I think he's held two legit ones though, at super featherweight. I think he had the IBF and I think he had the WBA super, which he beat uh, Leo Santa Cruz for in that yeah. weight division. But what, do, do, do you buy the whole free weight world champion? I mean, let's be honest. We all know Josh Taylor is the undisputed world champion, the super lightweight. Yeah. So how, how can Javante Davis be a world champion if there yeah. is an undisputed weight world champion in that weight class? What are your thoughts yeah. on that? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I think even more so for lightweight and super lightweight because they've got basically undisputed champions in Teofimo Lopez and Taylor. Yeah. I get sometimes when, when you look in the higher weights and you've got about five different champions, someone can claim to something. But when someone, when you've got two divisions you're claiming to be champion in, where there's two champions who are actually sort of basically undisputed, and with Taylor being fully undisputed, I just think, I don't know, I just feel like you, you, 
it's not even worth trying to claim being a world champion for that. So it's it's all good. He's got a title for it. Like fair play to him. But I think to go parading around saying you're a three world champion now, when in reality, if you look at his resume, he hasn't actually. Well, to be fair, like Santa Cruz and stuff like that. There's, there are some good fights. Don't get me wrong. Santa Cruz is legit. When you, when, when you look at the best guys in that in those divisions, he hasn't necessarily fought them. So no. I don't know. A, a funny thing I saw. Um, I was look, I was listening to the Fight Disciples uh, earlier this week, and they they sort of made comparisons to like him going down the Adrian Broner route. And when right. I said that, that like that did sort of like make me think because it's it's just the way you sort of dance around, you know, uh, being a champion or being elite, but then. You know, when you actually, yeah. was it, was it when he actually gets tested, he gets found out. So yeah. I don't know. I, I, I personally think Geron Davis is, is top notch. So yeah. I think he gives everyone, a, he's a good fight with anyone. But I just feel like he's going to lose credibility if he, if he keeps going down this route where he's getting these, these high claims without backing it up. He's yeah. more than, you know, what more does he need to do? He's definitely ready for the best. I just wish they, there's just so much politics around these weights. It's so frustrating because you just think, just get in there and we want to see who is the best. So, He's definitely ready. I don't think he needs any more tuning up. He's already superseded the lightweight to go to super lightweight. I don't think he'll stay there, but you know, especially at lightweight now, there's so many good fights. I just want to see him get in there. No, yeah, I, I was going to actually touch on this uh, further on the episode, but while we're on the topic, I think we should just go to it. I think I think from Javante Davis is because he's managed by Mayweather, who pretty much done his own thing, his own career, and fair play to him, became the richest athlete in the world doing that, the richest mm. boxer of all time. And but I think what all the fat fights that we as fans we want to see Javon take Javon Davis take part in, I don't think are going to happen when we want them to. He's going to do his own thing. He's going to mm. go his own route. He's going to probably pick up these regular belts and whatnot. And you know, like like you said, Adrian Broner. Adrian Broner is a full weight world champion. Yeah, and, you know how many of those belts were legit? Do you know what I mean? Who did he beat to fight? You know, to win some of these belts? And also, I remember Mayweather made comments about they're only going to fight guys on the PBC roster and mm. ones that are managed by Al Heyman. Well, put it who's this there? way: who's <laughs> there in, in the lightweight division? None of them are there. None yeah. of them. There's Teofimo Lopez is with top rank. Um, they've got Devin Haney, the zone. They've got um, they've got Lomachenko, top rank. Do you know what I mean? Like all the all the top guys, they yeah. they're elsewhere, and that's the problem. I think. Who, who is Javante Davis going to fight? If he just stays a one promotional company, it's not what yeah. the fans want, is it? It's just... Yeah, I think you're right. I think obviously Mayweather, they, they always say about the difference between Pretty Boy and Money Mayweather, you know. But when he was Pretty Boy uh, Mayweather, he, he was going after people still. It's only when he got himself to the top, he was a bit, more sm- a bit smarter about what fights make sense for him. But I just feel like Davis has sort of put himself at a ceiling now. And he just seems like he's quite comfortable staying there. I, I just think, I don't know, I think with boxing as well, it's so important about you, people, people's opinion of you. And you can quite easily become a villain if you sort of, um, you know, try to dig a hole or just try to play the game a bit too much. At least with Mayweather, he, yeah, he might have strung out fights, but he did them ultimately. And I just hope, yeah. whether, it's, whether it's now or whether it's in the future, I just hope they're not made too late. Luckily, we're in a division where a lot of the young bucks Oh, a lot of the, the top guys are are young, so yeah. he's definitely got time for it. But I just think there's no benefit in him waiting any longer than he needs to, because if anything, I reckon he's probably hitting hitting top form now, generally. So it's probably best they all they all start fighting each other. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And like you, just going back to Floyd, um, when Floyd was Pretty Boy Floyd, he earned the right to pick his mm. opponents. He earned, you know, he was the B side against Arturo Gatti early yeah. in his career. The B side against De La Hoya, like yeah. he had to take it on the chin. He earned the right to be the A side. Luckily for Javante Davis, he's had the blessing of Mayweather guys in his whole career. Mm. And in all the big fights he's been in, he has been the A side more or less. I can't, yeah. I can't remember a fight where Javante Davis has been the B side. Yeah, I don't, I don't, think, he, I don't think he ever has been. So he's very fortunate to have that. And, you know, if Mayweather had that at the time, I'm sure he would have been very grateful to, for it too. But, you know, end of the day, Floyd earned that. And Davis hasn't quite done that to, to cherry pick at the moment, yeah. you know, and then claim you're, you know, you're a four-way world champion. You're, yeah, you're a bigger yeah. name than Josh Taylor, et cetera, like the words. He's, well, to be fair, that wasn't his words. They were Leonard Ellaby's. But yeah, we're going to move on now just to, um, where, where do we think Javonta Davis goes next? Josh? Uh, I don't know. I think, I think he's got to have a think what weight he wants to stick at. Yeah. I personally think if he can make one, 135, then that's where he should... Uh, 135, sorry, uh, Super Feather, then that's probably where he should be mm. if he can make it. Because like I said, he's he's a short guy. I think he's like 5'5 five, five or something, but mm. he, he fills out quite a bit. Um, it's just where he wants to stay, to be honest. I think Super Feather, I can't see anyone beating him, but it's just how much does that take out of him making that weight? Because we yeah. know he's he's had some problems in the past, and that's how he lost the title the first time, I think, because he couldn't make weight. He, he can't he can't be doing super featherweight too well yeah. if he's just fought for the no. super lightweight title. Yeah, so. I mean, and, and to let your body go all the way back down to that now. So I think lightweight probably is that sweet spot for him, like we yeah. sort of just talked about. There's, there's any any fight any fight that is perfect for him now. You, you know, I think you got what well, they say the four the new four kings, isn't it? We got Garcia, yeah. Teofimo. Um, Haney and Tank, you know, Lomachenko's in the mix as well. Um, you know, what any one of them would be happy with. I think if we go on to go packing order, I'm not sure if we'll touch on this in a minute. I think I'm not sure whether Tank, I'd say, would come out the best out of all of them, but I definitely think he's he's up there. So, and you know, it's just it's sort of that unknown. You don't know who's going to turn up in the fight, you don't know who's got that extra grit. I just want to see it. So, a- any of them would be happy for. I think realistically, if it's going to be one of them, I'd probably see Ryan Garcia or Lomachenko, because I think Haney and, and Tiafimo might 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 have something going on. But yeah, any of them I'd be happy with. But like you said, can can I see that happen? I don't know. Yeah, I think I've got a feeling that uh, Javonta Davis is the reason why he's going this kind of scenic route to these big fights is maybe build his name up so he becomes the A side when these big fights happen and lightweight. I got a feeling they might be doing that and planning for mm. it further down the line. You know, look at Mayweather in his career when he fought Pacquiao. He did all those fights further down the line when he was legit the A side and that was that. There was no excuse kind of thing. So maybe that's what they're planning. But we're going to move on now to the man himself, the guy you just mentioned, Vasily Lomachenko. Put on a very, very strong performance against. Let me just. I've got the name written down. Masayoshi Nakatani, ninth round TKO. Uh, he looked really impressive. I thought he rolled back the clock, Josh. What were your yeah. thoughts on this? Yeah, it's just a weird one with Lomachenko. It's like, like I said earlier about going from hero to villain in boxing so quickly. I think you'll forget how how elite Lomachenko has been for the past couple of years. Yeah, he is literally the gold standard of boxing like especially for someone if you sort of pay attention to little things he does it's to watch him it's like i'd love to see him in person is unreal and i think yeah. when he lost to teofimo lopez don't get me wrong uh teofimo deserved it um i think he, he comfortably won it i just feel like all that all that just sort of got washed away a bit which is really 
sad and frustrating to, to see, to be honest, because anyone who, who has him in the past will know how good he is. But like you said, it's like he rolled back the clock. I think he really came back with a point to prove and, and he, he battered him really, didn't he, for, yeah. for, the, whole, for the whole period. Fair play to Nakatan. He, he took a beat in and probably went on longer than he needed to. But Loma's not that kind of fighter, is he? He's, he's sort of like, that's why he gets so much no, so people uh, retiring because he just beats the soul out of you. And yeah. I, I can see that coming already. So wh- whether it was then or, or earlier, it was inevitable, I think. Um, really good performance from Lomachenko, I think. Yeah, I think the problem with Lomachenko is because he's shown so, such dominance over the years, it's like when you have an off night, it's like the end of the world. And it's yeah. like, I don't know, it's kind of more controversial. Like, for example, when, when Floyd... Uh, fought Maidana that first time round because Floyd's like almost untouchable every fight there was like almost a demand for the rematch because it was yeah, a close fight got wobbled, yeah. even though Mayweather I thought won pretty well in that first fight still you almost nicked every round but because it was a little bit closer than a usual Floyd performance um, they, there was a there was a demand for the rematch however you know Lomachenko obviously lost in his last fight and I think boxing's one of those sports that when you lose, you, you lose so much like integrity and lose so much respect. Yeah, it's and it's it, like you're, you're as good as your last fight, isn't it? And I think with Lomachenko, he looked that good that no one expected him to ever lose again, pretty much. Yeah. And could could possibly go down that Mayweather route of, of not losing for the rest of his career. But, you know, he, he lost against a very good Tiafimo Lopez, who's the young gun in that division, the one that no one really wanted to fight. Lomachenko got in there and... He lost, you know. It happens yeah. in sports, you know. There's winners and there's losers. Yeah, there's obviously the but, the shoulder the the shoulder injury he, he had as well. Which if you how much you want to read into that, I don't know. But uh, Loma doesn't seem the kind of person to make excuses. So um, whether it's bothering him, I don't know. But yeah, it's, he lost. That's how it goes, isn't it? But yeah, in terms of uh, Lomachenko's performance, it was a great performance. Um, you know, I don't really think that Nakatani was anywhere near his level I'd probably put as a B or C category kind of fighter mm-hmm. but I'm from my understanding I think Tiafimo fought Nakatani and I think yeah, Lomachenko did a better say. job than Tiafimo yeah. did didn't he so um, that's what I was going to say so Nakatani took him the distance and I think yeah. it was a fight he that when it happened people were not not contentious to whether he won but it's like he made hard work out of it so yeah. I think that's really good matchmaking by Loma's team to think right Let's let's have Nakatani, who's who is a bit of controversy about him and Tiafimo's fight. If I go out there and wipe him out, what does that say about about me? So yeah. I think per, perfect perfect opponent to get back in there, and uh, you know a, a proven durable opponent to go out there and and get him out there and batter yeah. him the whole time, knock him out. I think that's really put him straight back where maybe not exactly where he was, but any sort of controversy that he might have had about. Uh, you know how good Loma, how good Loma is, or is he as good as he was? He looked as good as ever then, I think. So, yeah. uh, fair play to him. No, for sure, it, it was a vintage Lomachenko performance, and like you said as well, um, when you said it was uh, clever matchmaking, for sure it is because uh, before that fight, I wasn't too bothered about seeing the rematch between Lomachenko and Tiafimo. Mm. Now I want to see it. I want to see that rematch next. I want to yeah. see did Lomachenko have an off night because Lomachenko looked so good. I thought. Was there something not quite right with Lomachenko that mm. night? And I, I want to. There's a lot of questions now to be answered. And I want us. They're, they're both in the same promotional company. Make it happen. I think let's do yeah. it. Let's see the rematch. There's no faff. You know, like we just talked about Javonta Davis. He's going to be very hard to get in the ring with any of these guys. These guys are both with top rank. Get them in. Get them. There's for me. They're still number one and number two out of the the, the lightweight crop. 
at the yeah. moment. So I would really like to see that rematch. I really would. Yeah, agreed. I think I think my opinion changed a bit because I thought I, I thought our Tiafimo won won comfortably enough. Anyway, it wasn't it wasn't split decision or anything. So um, I wasn't that fussed on it. But like you said, I think. I just you just have to see Loma do what he does, and then he just reminds you how how good he really is. So I, I was listening to an interview from Loma, I think beforehand. I think when he was talking about the Teofimo fight, his mentality, I think, is like he lost as opposed to Teofimo winning. Mm. So which which might be understandable. Like I said, there might be some stuff going on. It doesn't seem like the kind of guy to make excuses. We know he had the shoulder injury. Maybe it was an off night for him. So you know, it, it is a fight I'd like to see. Whether I think it'll happen, I'm not sure. But like you said, it's easy enough to make. They're both from top rank. If there's demand for it, which I think yeah. there will be a bit more of now, assuming uh, Tiafimo cleans out uh, anything he needs to do uh, mandatory-wise, I, I think why not? It, you know, this, while uh, Tiafimo was young and while he's still in this division, it's still a great fight either way. So, so I'm with you there. I think I would like to see it too. Where do you think uh, Lomachenko goes next? I mean... Obviously now Tiafimo's tied up with his mandatory against George Cambosos Jr. Uh, I mean, if he's going to wait for another year or so, I don't think Lomachenko's yeah, yeah. going to want to wait another year, is he, to get back in the ring again? I think at his age, he needs to remain active. Yeah. But at the same time, he doesn't want to risk losing a potential shot at the yeah. world title. I mean, you know, we, we just spoke about the, the politics of that division. They're all, all the best fighters. It seems to be with different promoters. You know who could Lomachenko fight if it's not Tiafima Lopez? Yeah, so I think there's whispers of Lopez fighting Haney later this year, right? Okay, which, which is realistic because I think they've got they've got sort of history amateur wise, yeah. and it's been a big build up to that. You know, he, he always says that he's a bit of a, Haney's a bit of a paper champion yeah. because of this WBC super belt and all, all that all that crap. Yeah. So I think that fight probably will happen. Like I said, I'm not sure whether. Lomachenko can afford to or will want to wait around so I think he's got to he's got to get straight back in there with one of the best and I don't know I, I personally think a Javante Davis fight might be potentially might be um, uh, potential to be honest if Davis was up for it because I think Davis would fancy that seeing what Teofimo did to him and I think imagine if uh, if Lomachenko can beat Tank Davis it's like there's no one else to fight there's no one else to fight at, um, at, at lightweight, really, to, to ascertain who's the best. So I think it's going to be hard for Loma, but I think he needs to be able to, he needs to fight one of these top four guys. And if it's not going to be Tiafimo and uh, Devin Haney, because he needs to assert himself as the, the sort of, you know, the next best or who deserves to be fighting for the, the title. So whether, again, whether that'll happen, I don't know. But I think a perfect fight that would make sense. And I think it might be one that, People are starting to look at Lomachenko. I think maybe he's passed his best a bit, and maybe they got a chance. Um, I think him and him and Tank would be a great fight. What yeah. what a fight to watch again! Whether it happen, who knows? It's, I don't, I don't think so. Personally, I personally, I just don't think that. I don't think at this stage of Tank's career that Mayweather would put uh, Tank in with Lomachenko, especially after how good Lomachenko looked against a limited opponent, Nakatani. Yeah. But nevertheless dominated from start to finish and I just I just can't see them taking that risk I mean if they do I'll hold my hand up and, and I'll say fair play to you I think, I think with Lomachenko though it's like he needs to have I think what he wants to get from the rest of his career now because mm. I'm sure he's got enough money he's he's basically a god in Ukraine generally from all the amateur stuff he did and and what he did as a professional as well 
I just think even if it means you've got to be the B-side, take pennies from someone else, like if he's really, really fussed on about um, getting that title shot again, it needs to be against someone who's who themselves looking for a title shot because I just feel like he, he hasn't got time to be fighting another Nakatani or another B, B level fighter, but it's just who, who who is there to fight. So really frustrating division generally. I just really hope they all just sit in a room and work it out because it's it's getting a bit boring. No, yeah, definitely, mate. I think this, like I said earlier, this lightweight division, as glamorous as it is, it's going to be very hard to get them all in the ring against each other. I don't want to be negative. Yeah. I hate being negative. You know, when you see the model the UFC follows, when they all just get on with it and fight each yeah. other, unfortunately, just boxing isn't that sport. And there's a lot of money involved in these fights, and that's mm. why they're harder to make. As you've seen recently, with the AJ Fury scenario, and now Fury's fighting Wilder, yeah, which course. we'll touch on later. But yeah, it's just not as simple as that in boxing, unfortunately. We're going to move away now from the uh, lightweight division that has a lot of potential, but we're going to move to the monster, Naoya Anue. I think I pronounced his first name right, but I know his, his surname is definitely Anue. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of his performance against Michael Dasmaranas? Yeah. I'm a big fan of Inoue, so I think uh, he was on my radar. I think since the McDonald fight, I remember when he went, he went out there to Japan to fight him, and I just I hadn't heard much. Of it. I just heard he's called Monster. Mm-hmm. Been sort of trying to keep in touch with him since, and then um, then we can obviously go to the uh, World Boxing Super Series against Denair. Really, sort of that sort of uh, the whole tournament sort of set a light for the, set him alight. Then didn't it? Um, yeah, and that fight. He definitely listened to the names, and he's a mm. scary, scary guy. So huge knockout of of yeah. a decently ranked opponent, from what I know. Mm. And he just made he just made it look easy. Like I just can't believe that just every punch he throws it just looks like it it does so much damage. Or he's got he's got so much whip in it that it, I don't know. Yeah. He's a scary guy, and I just think um excellent performance, but. I just think he needs some respect on his name because yeah, he does. He's, he's got such a, he's too good to be not as well known as he is anyway. It's like, you know, if you had like a pound for pound punches list, he'd probably be number one and he's a bantamweight. Like that's how much, that's how hard he punches. And yeah. he's so destructive. He literally destroys his opponents like literally. they're nothing. I've, the only, the only fight I haven't seen destroy was Denae and fair play to Denae. He took some big shots that night as well. And yeah. he fought like a man possessed. But um, yeah, in terms of like uh, you said about the, his opponent, the Dasmaranas, I mean, I remember the commentary, they're all saying, oh yeah, he's from the Manny Pacquiao uh, stable, mm. he's from the Philippines. He's about as much like Manny Pacquiao as I'm like, do sick. <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's, he, he, I don't think he was very good. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, like Anue, Anue is, is amazing, like he's a very good fighter, but uh, he was nowhere near on Anue's level. But I, I, I don't know if that, is that more, is that more, um, I don't know, does that show how far ahead Inoue is? Because, like I said, on paper, Possibly, that, yeah. guy, that guy is a well-ranked guy. So if yeah. we're saying that, that technically he's earned himself a world title shot, he should mm-hmm. be, is that is that near the cream of the crop in that in that division? Or, or does that tell you more a bit about just how far ahead Inoue really is? Because I, yeah. I just think he's, he's, just, he's just toying with people, isn't he? Because I think around that weight, there's, obviously there's not many huge names. Obviously, got, like I said, you've got, uh, Dene, I think it's Casemiro and stuff like that. Casemiro, uh, Rigondo, yeah, him, so, he's so these are people we'd want to see, and so yeah. I, I think they're probably more suited to his level. 
don't get me wrong but but yeah it's uh it, it, i just think it's yeah he, he probably could be doing fighting better people um but yeah i, I think at this point, unless it's one of the top guys, he's going to knock him about in me. So, was it a mandatory the, the challenge he had? Yeah, I think so. God, what, what, what a horrible mandatory for someone! Like, <laughs> imagine being the mandatory challenger for a new age. <laughs> all the chat, all the chat, you know, there, there's three champions in that division there's yeah. Casemiro, there's uh, I think there's a new age holds two of the belts, and I can't remember the other one, but imagine being the mandatory for that one. Like, poor, poor yeah. man, like, honestly, but. Yeah, I mean, there are some interesting. There, there were there are better opponents out there. I think um, for Denier, but I mean Anoue, sorry, but I think Anoue is already fought, isn't he, in the World Super Series? He's already cleaned yeah. up most of the guys he's he's supposed to be beaten. So that was the challenger available. It's probably not easy for him to get a unification fight either. I don't yeah. think there's many. I don't think people are very keen to get in there with him unless <laughs> good money's being offered. And yeah, obviously, the money yeah. fights aren't really at the bantamweight division. That's the problem. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's all about really a, a new way now building his profile in America. He's already a superstar in Japan. You know, he yeah. could even come over here and become a superstar. I'd love, I'd love for him to come to Britain mm. and have a fight. But um, yeah, I think it's all about now. He he knows he needs to crack America, and I think that's that's like you said, he needs to get the recognition he deserves, and he's probably that's only going to get that fighting in America. Yeah, he he's, he's too good to not be as well known as he is, and I think a lot of that does come down to the weight that just yeah. naturally, uh, you know, people don't tend to tune in as much because they want to see two people knock each knock each other. But I don't know. I think there's just a general assumption that that at lower weights is not really knockout. It's a bit more about speed and and position. Yeah. yeah, but you know, he's throwing the he's throwing that out the window and he's just battering <laughs> people. So. I yeah. think if you watch one fight of him, I think it's just again, you know, getting people hooked on him. Because once you see him once, this you know what he's about. Then, so you know, he. I think when we talk about pound for poundness, he's he's got to be up there. And I just think, um, yeah, he just needs the. He's got all the all the talent. He just needs a bit more um, exposure, and he'll be a superstar. Yeah, like I said, there's not many um, there's not many fighters to be honest that I'm very interested in watching in the lower weight divisions. As bad as it sounds, for someone who loves the sport of boxing, yeah. I it, don't really it, tend to tune fact, in. Though, you know, I don't I don't, I don't get up at four a.m. in the morning to watch you know a, a, a bantamweight world title. But with the new age, it's different because he because he absolutely steamrolls these guys and knocks them clean yeah. out. I tune into a new age because he's he's different, isn't he? Um, there's not many, like I said, the, the, in the lower weight classes, I only really watch, I, like, I love watching Chocolatito, he's class, and yeah. I like watching Inoue, but that's about as much as much as it gets really, as good as it gets for me. And and I think that's why Inoue could be the man to kind of create more interest in these lower divisions, kind of like Manny Pacquiao did when he climbed straight up all the way from like flyweight or whatever it was, all the well, way up to welterweight. That's, that's, that's the same as Inoue, isn't he? He started at uh, the lightest weight, um, he, yeah. he's found, he found himself now at a so... Yeah. So I think we've got to ask the question, where does it, where does the sort of limit stop for him? Obviously you've got that blueprint with Manny Pacquiao, but he's a freak of nature. And he? so um, it'd be interesting to see how much anyway can take that power up with him. Cause that's his, obviously that's his uh, sort of major, well, that's, that's him, isn't it? His power. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see if he can take that any further, but he's doing it so far. And this doesn't, you know, if he was doing that at, at light flyweight, God, I, I haven't even seen any of his early fights, but he must have been 
killing people. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be, I think that's what is going to make people tune into Inoue. They want to see how heavy he can go. What's the benchmark? Yeah. Like, how, what, what's it going to be the benchmark for him? When's he going to stop? When's he going to yeah. like hit a brick wall, meet his match almost? And it could take a bigger guy to do that. And so far, yeah. he looks pretty comfortable at Bantamweight. He looks like he's going to clean up, doesn't he? If he can get those fights. Yeah. And yeah, ultimately, it's kind of like Roy Jones Jr. You know, he's out. How high can he go? What's what's it going to be? What's it going to get to? Um, do you see anyone potentially stopping a new age streak? Is there anyone that um, comes to mind? I don't know. I, I think it's hard to say now because, like I said, there's only there's only a couple of fighters in the mix who who would be a good fight for him. Like you said, we've got the Rigondeau, Casemiro, yeah. maybe even Denaire again. Um, you know, it's there are fights for there, but. It's, it's, I don't know. I can't personally, I think with the momentum he's getting now, I can't see anyone beating him because I just think he's got that equalizer which changes everything. So, obviously, that Denair gave him a good fight in the Super Series, but you could argue that maybe, uh, like, uh, you know, he's a bit over ego or he was, uh, you know, just tr- thought he could walk through someone which, which he needed a bit more uh, thought about it. But I think he's matured since then and visibly he looks. I don't. Know, I think with with the thing with Inoue, he even when he does, it, it's not like he's uh he just goes out swinging. He's very like calculated how he does it. Like he he doesn't rush he his makes, work at yeah, all. And he's he, so patient. And he, yeah, and he doesn't. He makes every punch count. Like everyone, even if they're hitting them on the arms or yeah. you know, he's thinking. He, he knows how how hard he hits that he's going to get someone to guard up as soon as he he hits somewhere. And then he thinks, oh, okay, they guard in the head. I'll just whip one to the body. And you saw that in his fight. He, he crumpled him. Didn't he? So. Yeah, he did honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think with New Age, in terms of who is out there to stop him, my honest answer is I don't really know. But I would... Rigondeau, right? Rigondeau, if the the Rigondeau of maybe eight years ago, if there's any, if he could turn back the clock, that's a really good fight. Rigondeau was so good before mm. he fought Lomachenko. When, when back of the time, when he fought Denaire, he he was outstanding. Like probably one of the most, probably the most skillful box I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, he, he, he used to take the piss out of people, didn't he? Yeah, he, he was he was so good, like, but I don't you couldn't get the fights for years, and then obviously he took the fight as Lomachenko, who's obviously just too big and strong for him, and that kind of ruined him a bit, and he's looked vulnerable ever since then. So I'm not mm. sure how good Rigondeau is. But if Rigondo can turn back the clock, and I think if he makes a statement against Casemiro and beats him, that could be a big fight, I think. And maybe. At last, Rigondo can get the fight he wants, you know, the big kind of name, because he can never get that throughout his whole career. Remember, he yeah. came to Cardiff to fight Jazza Dickens because he couldn't get the fights. <laughs> and, you know, it's such a shame. Like, it's such, and unfortunately, though, I think Rigondo's about 40 years old. So, yeah. how much Actually, he has yeah. left, I don't know. I think you're right. I think it's, it's just like which Rigondo you'll get then, isn't it? But yeah. um, I don't know. I think for Inouye, I think if he can't, he's just going to keep clearing out divisions till he, till he feels like it's the weight's too much for him. So I think if reality, if you want to be a superstar, I think he's got to at least get to featherweight. Yeah. So, you know, it, what, it's just one of them. You never know until he's there. But I think at this moment in time with the momentum he's got, can't see anyone stopping him personally. Hey, imagine he makes it to lightweight and joins the crop of lightweights. Do, do you know what I mean? That's what I mean. It's, it's, it's mad, isn't it? Like, it's mad. Like, if you think, well, it's just what I mean. If you think of, even Loma, whatever, he's gone up from, from wherever as well. So who knows? I, I think that's maybe a step too far. But like when we're talking about yeah. even super feather, if, if it's that much of a push, you know, it's, 
who knows? Who knows? Literally, boxing is mad. Would, would we ever imagine Manny Pacquiao to go all the way up to 154 to win a world that's title that's back that's in the day? I, mean. I, I remember when they announced uh, Pacquiao against De La Hoya over 10 years ago, and I thought, <laughs> no way. No way is Pacquiao going to go up to welterweight and, do, you know, cause De La Hoya any problems. He's just too small. Ended up yeah. retiring De La Hoya. That's what a beating he gave him. Like, And then went up to 154 later on in his career and fought Antonio Margarito. Like, and He's back at him as well, isn't he? So you never know. Like, Inoue could be one of those. I mean, it will take, you know, a very special fighter to do anything close to that. But who knows? He's already a four-weight world champion. He's already dominated the, the lower weight divisions. So watch the space, I guess. Just follow yeah, Inoue's career. Space. Yeah, definitely. If you haven't seen him, check him out. Yeah, definitely, honestly, because I don't think, um, unless you're a hardcore boxing fan, you're probably unlikely to have checked out a new A fight. But honestly, like, this guy is, he's the real deal. He really is. I'm going to move on now to the trilogy. Tyson Fury, there's Deontay Wilder. What's your thoughts on this, uh, on the third fight happening, Josh? Are you you happy about it? you excited? you disappointed? What's your thoughts? Again, we obviously touched on, well, when it was nearer to the time being confirmed, we were touching on Adrian Fury, which seems like... Adamant. Um, Adamant seems, seems, yeah, we were, we were told almost getting into the preview for that. So yeah. I think it was a bit of a bit of a stinker that what happened happens. But at this point, I just feel like it is what it is now. I'd be lying if I said I'm not going to watch the fight or anything or that, that I'm so disappointed that I'm going to refuse to watch it because, you know, it's still top top heavyweight class so you're gonna watch it yeah. but again it's just another example of some of the shit shithousery in boxing at the moment isn't it yeah. so definitely wasn't pleased to hear it because we were that close to getting an all british undisputed world, world title challenge between fury and aj but there's worse things to happen so i think yeah. there's a blueprint for fury now just to put that to bed and hopefully that aj fight well obviously with Usyk as well they both come through and then that's that's the follow but um, yeah, I'll be live. So I'm not going to tune in. I do think it's like I said, the blueprints there to beat Wilder. Yeah. I do think it's a bit more of a cash out from his part, but you never know. That's yeah. the sort of craziness Wilder brings with him, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not going to um, talk about this fight too much because we're going to do a big episode on it uh, close to the time. But already, I'm really finding the build up really strange. Like, you know, <laughs> what Wilder announces a trainer, you know, Malik Scott, a guy who knocked out in one round. To take him to that next level and, and beat the puzzle that is Tyson Fury, which yeah. is like beyond strange for me. And then there's also the press conference where Wilder just has his headphones on and just says nothing. And which really, like, you know, yeah, like you said, odd. if he's cashing out, this guy he's trying to sell the fight. And to be honest, yeah. I don't think this will do the numbers the second fight did, personally. I don't no. think it will. I don't I think I mean, a lot less interest. And he's not doing himself. I think Wilder's not doing himself any favors doing that. So I just think he's obviously he had all these things coming out about the gloves and the controversy this suit Mark Breland fucking poisoning his water with yeah. muscle relaxant like some is there not someone in his team tell him I was if you think that you think that at least shut up about it though because just tell him to shut up that's what you he's do. digging this hole this hole and I just think he's going out sad man like he for someone who with a claim he had and a lot of people still follow him and still feel like he was a really elite champion Fair enough, that's, that's your opinion. But I just think you can't defend what he's saying now. Like it's, and for him to keep digging it and then to, to do the not talking stuff or 
you know, I've seen a couple of interviews, he's still gone about how he cheated the first fight. Like, I don't know. I just think talk if you that's what you feel, you feel it's certain is bullshit. Just, you know, sort it out in the ring then and then maybe that's maybe that's how he feels like he needs to be quiet and doesn't want to say anything. But at the same time, I don't know. I just don't know who is in his media team or who's in his close circle as this sort of being yes men to him. But he, he looks like he's fucking deranged or something. Like he's a, like he's got a, like that's really knocked a screw loose out of him the last fight. So he's a weird. I don't bloke, know. Mate. I I worry for Wilder. I do he's a very weird bloke. I, yeah, I don't want to um be too disrespectful of my words, but he, the way he goes about his business is bizarre. But like um, yeah. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see the video of him when he's uh bench pressing some weight? Yeah, and he's pretty much. <laughs> Probably like you know, I'm not a professional bodybuilder, but like probably the worst form I've ever seen. Like yeah. the weight flying everywhere. He's, le- he's using his legs mostly, yeah. and, and, then like he, a... and he's got two guys each side picking it up for him, more yeah. or less. And, and like then a... you see the Dillian White response when he's basically <laughs> yeah. lifting the same weight, but with dumbbells. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah so funny, they, they even had um, they even had Chris Lloyd doing it. He, he, he like quoted the tweet and, and said, oh, "This is me doing twelve reps of it or something." He said, oh, "He said, oh." I'm not gonna claim I'd win in a fight because I'm like I'm chinny, but it's just like I don't know who's what. Who? What was people? the weight out of interest? What was I it? didn't see it. I didn't see okay. it. You gonna try it, 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 yourself? It, it, it? It yeah, I'm gonna try it now in my bedroom. <laughs> but um, was, it was a max. It was a max rep, though, wasn't it? So yeah, I don't know. That's I mean, I like know. you know, it wasn't it wasn't the cleanest rep I've ever seen. But end of the day, we're talking about boxing, not uh, weightlifting. But I, I didn't. I just the point I'm trying to make is. I don't know what point Wilder was making lifting that. Like, <laughs> I really, I just don't. I, he, like I said, he, he just uh, goes about his business really bizarrely. Honestly, mm. I just, I don't get, I don't get the man. But yeah, yeah we'll, 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 I think we'll save the uh, Fury Wilder talk close to the fight. We'll do a big preview of it. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I, where I we think, see it going. Yeah, I just think, I, I think if he's going to do the no talking thing, I wish he just stuck to that. And then it was like he's not here to chat. He just here to do his business. <laughs> I'd I'd rate I'd rate him for that because I just think fine you're not even you don't even want to get into the mind games of Fury you just want to go out there and do what you do fair enough but it's just half it's in and out in and out and he just seems like I don't know just he, he's just really ruining his legacy at the moment I think so he needs to he needs someone just to shake him and sort it out <laughs> but yeah let's 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 save that for the preview yeah let's move on now to the uh, the big fight camp week one Matchroom have just announced it. Really enjoyed the last series, the first series of fight camps. Kept me sane over lockdown. Really good yeah. 50-50 matchups, to be fair. Like, and I really enjoyed it. It was really good. Um, it was it was something different as well, you know. It was in, in Eddie Hearn's uh garden at the matchroom headquarters. It, it was just it was just different, wasn't it? It wasn't your typical kind of like uh you know, other pros used studios, which you kind of expected during COVID. It wasn't yeah. boring, you know, a good fight's a good fight at the end of the day, but it just adds a bit of spice to it, doesn't it, when you see the location and what's going yeah, on. Definitely. Yeah, I think I think Hearn really solidified himself as a top promoter then as well. Because I think that was the first boxing we'd seen since the start, I think. And to do something so crazy and, and put on really good domestic fights as well. Obviously there was some brought over but really good domestic sort of sort of 50-50 fights here and there. Mm-hmm. Which, you know he really set the tone for the rest of the fights going forward and I think from that a lot of behind closed closed doors fights came off the back of it so yeah it was wicked last year and uh, it's interesting they've decided to do it again uh yeah. to themselves open a bit more but maybe it's because people like this new dynamic um of seeing something different in boxing which you don't see very often 
Yeah, I mean, like with the UFC, obviously Dana White uh, did the whole fight island thing. And yeah. For me, that was undisputed. That was the best yeah, thing yeah, yeah. of only them. But I gotta give it to Hearn. He tried to make something a close second, and he did pull out the bag. Yeah. Hearn, it was in, good in, in the yeah in the boxing world anyway. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was Dana, that was Dana White. Dana White smashed it last year, so fair play to him. But yeah, that was the you know that was the most similar thing you could get to the fight island, and Hearn pulled it out the bag. I'm gonna read a few uh, matchups to you for. We'll discuss week one. Uh, for this episode so oh, obviously cool. he's headlined by uh, Conor Ben this is Adrian Granados uh, Shannon Courtney is going to be defending a title they haven't got an opponent as of yet uh, Avni Yildrim the guy who fought Canelo uh, well just under a year ago wasn't it uh, yeah. Facing, will be facing Jack Cullen uh, we've got Chris Billum-Smith against Ty McCarthy so that's going to be for the British and Commonwealth and European cruiserweight titles Good fight. Yeah. And um, Anthony Fowler has got a decent test against Robert Garcia. And we've got Campbell Hatton uh, against an opponent they haven't announced yet. Probably, you know, some tune, a tune-up kind of fight, you know, a journeyman kind of thing. Nothing wrong with that. Bin he's only, he's a... <laughs> 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 Nothing wrong with that bin, man. But, yeah. uh, but um, know, be he's, at this stage of his career, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be a world beater, let's be fair. Um, yeah, yeah. Just want to hear your thoughts, really, on these matchups. Have Matchroom kind of pulled up the bag again? Is it good, good fifty-fifty matchups or close to fifty-fifty? I think some fights are really good. Don't get me wrong. I think with Hearn, he's just very clever in the way he puts out fights. I think obviously he markets them as fifty-fifty, and some are, to be fair. But I think what I try to think is, can I safely think who's going to win each fight? I think I could probably do that for a lot of them. Don't yeah. get me wrong, some of them like uh, Chris Bernard Smith and Tom McCarthy. Maybe, yeah, Tom yeah, McCarthy. That's a, that's a pick em because they're both very, both on the exact same level, I'd say. That's a real pick yeah. em. So there, there are sprinkles of that. And I, but I think um, when we think about Ben, he, I think his metric has been flawless throughout, throughout <laughs> his career because he's, he's been matched up so well. I don't know. He's been, he's been primed to, to do really well. He, I just think he's not rushing. He's, nope. you know, Granados is a te- is a tested guy against a lot of good uh, good champions and top fighters in the division. And I think him that Vargas fight beforehand, these are perfect fights for him to yeah. to to develop. I just hope they don't try and oversell it like it's a fifty fifty because at the end of the day, Ben is should should be smashing him really though, yeah. isn't it? So, um, so yeah, Ben Granados, good fight, good matchmaking. We got, obviously we might maybe we'll speak by it afterwards, but does, does Ben need to turn up a notch, maybe, or does he need a bit more competitive fights, maybe? But he's still young. He's he's doing what he's told, and the way he beat Vargas last time can't fault him. So Granada's a good good uh, good skull to collect, so a good scalp to collect. Sorry, so um, yeah, d- decent fight. Yeah, Conor Ben's a strange one for me. He's really like I gotta be honest. He's a bit marmite for myself. I, I think he's got potential to be the next uh, British superstar. I really do, because I think, you know, he's carrying the Ben name and he is good to watch. I've got to give it to him. Like He's got a good style to watch and he can blow you away when he wants to. But at the same time, like, you know, they're putting in these guys like Sam Vargas and Granados. Like, they, they're good fighters, you know, for good, they're good for, they're good kind of B or C category fighters. They're mm. not world beaters, like I always like to say. But, you know... He he's kind of making out like that's above British level. Like, yeah. do Adrian Granados and Sam Vargas win a British title? I don't think so. Mm. I don't. I don't know if they beat McKinsons or maybe Chris Jenkins. It, it, it might be close mm. fights, but I don't think Sam Vargas 
if, if they said to Sam Vargas, fancy fighting for the British title or Granados or Granados, sorry, they're not going to win it like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, or, they, or even like Avanesian. I, I think so. I think they're, they're foreign equivalents to British level. Yeah. I would say, in my opinion, you know it's I mean? like a, they're, they're almost like world level journeyman, isn't it? It's like yeah, yeah. It's just like it's to get a name under you, and I think that's that is fair play. That's perfect for Ben because he's trying to just like he's just trying to establish himself as that he's he's fought someone that Sean Porter's fought. He's fought someone that that's it. That, that's what they're doing. Yeah. That, that's what they're doing really. Just to say, just to throw comparisons for these people to to bounce off in the future. It's natural, I guess. It's gonna they're they're gonna take their time with Ben because, like you said, I think he's got potential to be a, a British star. So, yeah, these fights they're gonna happen. But whether it's a fifty fifty, Ben's supposed to win that, isn't he? he yeah. It might be marketed as like he's a ex world champion, uh, sorry, uh, world world title challenger. Yeah, but yeah. in reality, European title, um, Avanesian. Batters it, batters them, doesn't he? So, yeah. I mean, even British British level, uh, McKinton and stuff give them good fights. So, yeah, I think just because they've been in, they've been in America and they fought X Y Z doesn't necessarily mean they're uh, you know they're amazing fighters, game fighters. And I think you'll it's good learning experience. But I just think don't don't sell it as like a 50-50 because you only for people who know what they're on about. I think you you sort of pulling pulling the wool over a bit. Yeah, like, I I think our top boys are welterweight beat beat these guys as well. I don't know if they blow them blow them away the way like Conor Ben does, but I think they beat them on points. Do you know what I mean? They get, they get some yeah. good rounds. They get some good rounds out of those guys as well. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. think, and you know, it is it does irritate me a little bit when they make out. You know, like he's kill, he just beating a world a world beater because Sean Porter went the distance yeah. with him or Amir Khan went the distance with him. You know? yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, to be fair, that Granados, was it, um, didn't he, he was kind of robbed against Broner, I think, wasn't he? Mm. Was it against Adrian Broner? He had a close yeah, fight with right. him. But at the same time, like, you know, Adrian Broner is one of those guys who yeah. kind of fights the level of his opponents, doesn't he? Like, Broner yeah. can really turn it up when he wants to, but if the, the attitude isn't there, you know, he's not going to be at his best, is he? So. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. I think that's a, it's a natural step towards getting into those fights which yeah. is fine um like i said he's probably a good step after vargas because he's probably a bit more of a game world title challenger but again it's just like ben's supposed to win isn't he so yeah. i think that the contrast with ben is because the route he's taken to get where he is i think yeah. he's sort of he hasn't gone the classic Britain. he hasn't cleared out britain he hasn't cleared out european he's gone the the global intercontinental route, just gra- grabbing yeah. up these titles that no one knows who who actually how you get them or what they even mean. They just the, they just for, for the paper, aren't they? Really, that's the point I was trying to make. I think I just can't yeah. my words correctly. Like he's making out that the opponents he's fighting is jumping over the British yeah. level. But what you're doing, you're doing the equivalent, but you're going the other way around. Yeah. You're not doing. Don't disrespect the British title route. And make yeah. out you're fighting these guys who are better because they're not. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just another route. Welterweight, especially at welterweight, because yeah. I think uh, maybe that's probably why they have done it. Because if you think top welterweight Britain, McKinton gives them a good fight. Yeah. European after that, Avanesian. No one wants to fight Avanesian. Josh, Josh that, Kelly. That's, yeah, you know what I mean, Josh like, Kelly. They're, they're tough these fights. Are the, like, these are the equivalent mean. of fringe level world fighters anyway. So yeah. I don't blame him for going that route, but I just think they they they're treading water in 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 the way they're trying to market it as he's. You know he's gonna, you know that he's world nearly world level now because yeah. we still haven't seen enough of him at the lower levels to 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 be sure. But yeah, I'm sure he'll come through with flying colours. And if he 
batters Granados and makes it look easy like he did Vargas. Can't can't fault him. So I just hope he gets. I don't know. I just hope he he doesn't sort of just float around for too long. Matchroom, you can't bullshit us. We 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 know we know who these guys are. We know they're not better than our British our British <laughs> level fighters. They're the same. They're just a different. They're different routes. They're yeah. They're the equivalent, but the other side of the world. Yeah. You can't Maybe bullshit. We'll, don't bullshit the bullshitters. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, is that is that August time? Is it those fight the fight? Uh, end of July. July. 30, okay. So yeah. 1st, so we'll probably we'll probably touch on that a bit more in depth. Definitely. Closer to the time, but yeah, just generally uh, good to see him out again because long as he's staying busy, can't can't fault him. And um, what do you think of some of the other fights? Yeah, so I was going to ask you actually, which fight are you looking forward to most, and I why? Yeah, I think like for me, the the best fight of the card is probably McCarthy Bill yeah. Smith, mm. but I do think a real sleeper on the card is Yul Jim Cullen. Okay, because I because I just think it's such a random fight. Like mm. I don't know, J- Jack Cullen. It's sort of been British level super middleweight for a while now, but he's just coming off a win against that John Doherty guy who was supposed to be the the next sort of I don't know GB guys yeah. winning everything, smashing people up, and you yeah. beat him up. So for Cullen, you know that's to to go from top British level then suddenly fighting Neil Jim, who technically you know you only fought Canelo last year. Don't get me yeah. wrong, he shouldn't have been anywhere near him. That's that's a that's just a really random fight, and you never know what yeah. might happen there. You got the you got the cream of you got the cream of British versus like the bottom end of world of of world challenging. So I don't know when we talk about Ben and uh, sorry, uh, uh, Granados and and Vargas, it'd be like him chucking in with with one of the the top welterweights. It's just like you you never know what might happen. So I think that's a bit of a sleeper. But yeah, I think in terms of what fight I'm be tuning in most for would be uh, McCarthy and Bill Smith. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the fight I'm looking forward to most is also Bill and Smith and Tony McCarthy. Um, yeah, we'll we'll do the predictions. Like I said, we'll never episode. We'll probably do predictions then. But I think that's yeah. a yeah, like you said earlier, like stylistically. Um, and I think you know they they're at the same point in their careers. They're at a similar level. I think both of them kind of need each other now to progress yeah. that next one. I mean, the winner of this potentially, I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Might get a shot of the Coley or maybe another world champion. At cruiserweight, mm. probably not Bill Smith because he's at the same um, stable as yeah, a Coley. Yeah. But I mean, if Tony McCarthy wins, it could be could set up a story. Could get him an opportunity against Coley, maybe. Yeah, but, um, I think uh, I think a Coley might might be a bit too far gone now. But yeah, I think either way, they'll be knocking on the door. You've got like Riappor floating around. Riappor rematch. Well. They but they both yeah. lost to Riappor, haven't they? Yeah, that's right. So. And they were both a bit well, not the McCarthy, but the Bill Smith was a bit uh, ropey as well. So. Yes, this, uh, that's on the cards. But yeah, big big fights for them on the back of that either way. I think, and like I said, I think they both they're both perfect perfect timing to fight each other now. I like that division. I like the cruiser division domestically. I think uh, mm. Coley's obviously number one. Uh, I think Riappor is a very good fighter. I really want to see him fight a Coley in a couple of fights time. Yeah, I want if he can get to that level. Obviously, Coley's been. I think he might be being fast tracked a little bit to heavyweight. See how fast he can clear up the cruiserweights. Yeah, but um, yeah, you got obviously Akoli, Riappor. You got Billum Smith, who's decent. You've got uh, McCarthy, who's good. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting division. I like to see them all. They probably won't all fight each other because some of them will probably get left behind after they've mm-hmm. lo- after they've lost in their domestic uh, challenges. But um, it's an interesting division. Some good names, I think, and cruiserweights always fun to watch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the, definitely. Big it's, punches. It's nice, They're small heavyweights, nice ba- aren't they? Yeah, so. it's a nice balance between skill and power. So yeah, yeah. good division. 
For sure. I think another fight that's gone under the radar a bit as well as Anthony Fowler and uh, Robert Ga- Roberto Garcia. I think that's, mm. um, you know, Roberto Garcia isn't a world beater, but Fowler's obviously as well quite a controversial character. He's a bit of a marmite, yeah. isn't he, with a lot of fans. He's quite outspoken on Twitter and social media, but, you know, he's working with uh, Shane McGuigan. He's gone strength to strength since. He's been unbeaten since losing to um, Scott, Scott Fitzgerald. And, um, yeah, and I think this Garcia is, I think, if I remember correctly, has he been stopped before? I think he might not have been stopped yet. And I think... Uh, oh, okay. I'm not, I'm I don't think well, he's been yeah. stopped yet, but it's, like one of them. it's a big statement, I think, yeah. if Fowler does take him out. And if he shows maybe how far... Well, Ivor Garcia's just finally caved in and just for like, you know, <laughs> there's only so long yeah. I cannot get stopped for. Or, you know, or Fowler and McGuigan come with an amazing game plan to take him out and look good in doing it. Because I think yeah. if Fowler wins uh, this really well and knocks him out, I think he gets a good opportunity for a potential fight, a big domestic fight at 154. I, I think um, I think it's even like um, it's almost just like against scalping a name for your collection. But I think he's got. A, if he wins this as well, you could also see maybe following the sort of Ben route and just thinking, "Oh, I'm past British level now. I'll yeah. start going to." So, <laughs> You never know. I, I think if it's just a fight you want to just you want to be tested and he feels like he can't get a domestic fight at the moment, um, fair enough. But I would yeah. like to see him see see the super welterweight domestic. Ted Cheeseman, man. Ted Cheeseman fight is the one. I think. Yeah. Cheeseman yeah. and Cheeseman Fowler could be a wicked fight, right? And it yeah, could be both big punches as well. Yeah, that's what we want to see at the end of the day, isn't it? So um yeah, bit there's big there's big enough fights for him. Be, be interesting to see how it goes though. So it's so quite an underrated weight division under 54, I think. So you've got obviously Liam Smith is probably top of the pile in, in, in Britain at the moment. Yeah. Obviously, you've got Fowler, you've got Fitzgerald, you've got Cheeseman, uh Metcalf, probably Metcalf's gonna probably struggle to get back into that mix now. But um yeah. obviously Sam Egginton, he's just outside yeah. that mix now. There's some good names in that division, and I think. Then, that's what I mean. Some good quite, fights to it's, make. It's quite quiet generally, but then you've got to think not top of the tree, you've got like the other Charlo brother. Like yeah. it's almost forgotten about, really. Uh, like Rosario, things like that. But big fights. I think Brit, the domestic level for that division is, like we sort of said, with the welterweight. It's almost like that's probably European standard, if yeah. not fringe world level, anyway. So, um, so yeah, really good fights potentially from that. But uh, good foul to get out again. Be good to, to see something. One of them happen after, hopefully. Yeah, I think that's really a good. Um, I don't. It's a good place to maybe leave it there. Or is there anything else you want to touch on? Um, I don't think so. Um, maybe a quick one to Jay Harris and Reese Edwards, who had, had fights the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, Jay Harris, for those who don't know, uh, fight out Lockett Gym. Got unlucky, I think. He was in a fight with I can't remember. I have to pronounce the other guy's name. A, a young guy from the states who um, who actually got him out of there. So. He, he did really well, to be fair. I think he just got stuck in a fight he didn't need to. Um, but really good opposition, so can't fault him. I don't doubt Harris belongs up there. You can see how, how he sort the fight he had with Martinez. It's just a shame he'll have to go around maybe and sort of work his way back up. Yeah. But um, yeah, commiserations to Jay. Uh, really, really good guy. Has uh, been supportive of the channel in the past. Um, I think he just take a break and see, see where it goes from there. And uh, yeah. I think it was Friday Reese Edwards fought, didn't he? Yeah, Reese Edwards, um, yeah. Yeah, not, not, yeah, really good performance. Obviously not, I think it was more just getting back out there because I think he hasn't fought over the COVID period at all. Yeah. So he's a really good prospect and I think we really need to get behind him a bit more just as Welsh fans generally because I think we've got someone really special there 
seems like he he loves the game and he, you know he's always working hard so we'll hopefully get him on and maybe hear a bit more about his story and get him a bit more exposure but from what i saw in the fight really good um and i think it's he's a really good prospect definitely for sure we really look forward to having these guys on our channel one day and yeah, like, like Josh just said, get behind these Welsh boys, these Welsh prospects. Jay Harris, he's got a bit of the rebuild to do, but like you said, he definitely has shown that he belongs to that level. He's fought two very good fighters in Martinez, and yeah, I can't remember the other guy's name as well, but both both in cracking fights, cracking wars, yeah. and I think Jay Harris could get there eventually. You know, it's not going to be easy, but... Yeah, he's, he's definitely got the talent for it. I just yeah. think, it's like we said earlier in the fight, it's boxing, shit, shit happens, doesn't it? So, it seems like he's he's not moping about it he's you know he's dusted himself off already i think he's just taking a little break to just to reclimatize but he's definitely got the, the talent for it um we wish him all the best for when, when he's when he gets back into it and yeah same with uh reese edwards keep doing your thing you know keep getting fights stay active as many fights as you can now obviously you you've been out the ring for a while let's get the show back on the road and see where yeah. it can take you uh, quick one before i forget um again for for reese i know he's just uh released his own uh youtube channel as well i think it's just reese edward he's starting to do vlogs and stuff like that so any subscribers we have for there uh definitely send it that way um it, it all helps the, the welsh boxing scene um going forward anyway lovely stuff um also with us you can follow our social media accounts on our link tree we are on twitter and we are on instagram also, we're also showing our videos and recordings both on YouTube and Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe to us, follow us on Spotify, you know the score. Just show us some support because we really need to be consistent and we need to get you guys on board to help our channel grow further. Yeah, definitely. It's been, it's been a while. We've both been, or just generally all, all three of us been busy. But we're back on it now and there's definitely enough content to talk about. So uh, stay tuned. Cheers, guys. Peace out. Cheers, guys.